0: hey welcome guys here we are at last the most awaiting show i would say because we announced the logo a couple of weeks ago and it was a great feedback out of everybody that we're excited that there is like a uh let's say a movie foreign movie podcast and i am here not alone i am here with my co-host orengo that you've seen him in cinemas podcast in 15 and rich port in cine nerds and in other of their podcasts and as well in the movie guy and now here he is with me we we spoke about this this show uh, a couple of months ago and he's the one that came up with the name say hi orengo hello everybody so Orego, like remember that I that we were talking about this. We we're like, hey, um, yeah. how about we talk about foreign movies? And uh, no, actually, well, sure. I gave you the idea. I gave you the idea, like, hey, let's just do the same thing that you do in cinemas, but different. And you're like, yeah, but how about we talk about foreign movies? And I'm like, I'm in. I love it. I, yeah. I, I,
1: because I was thinking like we could do like a genre-based thing but you kind of tackled that already and I'm like well I do I do tackle like foreign films but I I tackle like more mostly artsy films in general which does include obviously international films but I was thinking to myself there isn't like a There isn't, like, a foreign movie podcast that I can think of right off the bat, like, in terms of, you know, from, you know, Puerto Rican, uh, you know, podcasters. So, I was like, let's do that, man. Let's just talk about...
0: uh, Anything, because, again, we we have... There's so many, like, uh there's one thing that mostly a lot of people that are not involved, like, in the movie or in the podcasting industry or in the industry, let's make it in general, the entertainment uh, business, they do not see that much that there are foreign films, you know, like mm-hmm. Parasite. I've seen so many, but the names are sometimes so... We got anime films, again, they are categorized as foreign films as well. Uh, I know that a lot of people, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people think that anime movies... Movies are not considered like, oh, movies because they're like, oh, it's just a, a two hour or one hour long episode. And I'm like, I, I kind of defer on that. But what do you think about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I've heard that before or sometimes they dismiss it because, you know, it's non-canonical to whatever the story is. And they, they treat it as just a very long, like a longer episode. They don't give it the same respect as you would do like a Studio Ghibli film which has a certain pastiche, a certain level of art- artistic integrity to it that people elevate it more, and it is technically an anime no, but yeah. if it's not something like Akira if it's not something like that people usually kind of like you said, they dismiss it because it's like oh, you know, let's say for example uh, My Hero Academia, oh, it's just gonna be Deku fighting some random villain in this one movie that will never appear in the show, so I don't care it's it's not like that amazing, whatever unless you're like a hyper fan you're not really gonna care too much, and you're not gonna give the, the opportunity to watch that movie, which I feel is kind of sad because I was, I wasn't one of those that didn't see like anime films mm-hmm. because I didn't like them because I do like anime, but I'm very normie in that regard. I see like the most basic animes. I see my hero. I see, we're going to discuss uh, Demon Slayer. I, yes. I started seeing I digo, Jujutsu, no, esta, Jujutsu, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. That's the new one oh, that everyone's kind of like oh, yeah. hyping.
0: Right? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but they've telling me great things about it. But when you said Yu Yu, I was in my The the first thing that came out of my brain is Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. I was like, oh God. Well, that's a classic one as well. Yeah, that's a classic. (laughs)
1: But I've only seen like very basic ones like Dragon Ball, you know, all all the the basic ones that everyone kind of saw when they were younger in Toonami and stuff like that. (laughs) The ones that I kind of know. But I'm getting more into this world because I feel there's a level of respect and there's a level of artistry um, regarding these anime films, Mm -hmm. you know. It's beyond like the Studio Ghibli films or the ones done by the other studio that did whether with you or your name or even as the silent voice. There's other anime films like, you know, like the My Hero Academia ones or even this one, even though they're shonen, even though they're very action based and whatever, they have a heart. They have an emotional core to their story and they're very well animated. You know, it's Mm -hmm. pristine. It's like this 2D animation that they employ gets better and better over the years. And it's not like, you know, back in the day when you would see like Astro Boy and it would look kind of janky. Yeah. Like, the, like Japanese animation is to be respected because yeah. you see some of the like 2D animated American films, like the, for example, the DC animated universe, you know, when you mm-hmm. see like a Batman movie or whatever. And they're cool because, you know, you're watching Batman, solving a case or whatever. But most of the time the effort is not there in comparison to some of these animated films in terms of the animation level quality like for example i love invincible but you know that yeah. i had this conversation and i had this this debate where i thought the animation was lacking except in the very key action set pieces when they're just sitting and talking it doesn't look dynamic even here when they're talking it's very dynamic it's very fast it's very eye popping very a feast for your eyes visu- visuals that i like i enjoy a lot so yeah
0: no, yeah, like everybody that, that's listening to us. So today we're going to be talking about Demon Slayer Mugen Train or the Japanese same desk Kimetsu no Jaiba. Um, the movie Mugen Train, uh, again, these names, these names are really hard to pronounce, but i you not even going to try, man. <laughs> <We'll> go <ahead. laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that. You can see how anime films and anime in general has has evolved in terms of like 2D animation and combining 3D animation as well, because we see it in the in this film, in yep. this film and in other animes that are either new or that have ended their era. Like mm-hmm. uh, for example, Initial D. Initial D was uh, an anime that combined 3D with um, 2D animation. And they were combining it since season one and throughout the years and seasons, they better they made it better. But one of the things that I was thinking is that we should talk about in one episode, um, Love, Death and Robots. Oh, for sure, definitely. Because uh, I don't know if you saw this, this new um, season, the yes. shorts of this season yes my lord i loved them all it was so different i gotta say it had like a different taste from the mm-hmm. previous one we'll leave that for 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 another episode just to let everybody know this show is going to be once a month if you guys really do love our discussions and everything then just tell us i will be posting this in my facebook page like that we can go ahead see if you guys love it and if you guys do just put it in the comments like that we can go ahead and Talk to see if we can do more content for you guys in regards to foreign films. So Orengo, let's go ahead and kick this off. Yeah. Demon Slayer Mugen Train released on 2020 on October 16 in Japan. Due to COVID, that release date for at least for us in Puerto Rico was cut off due to COVID and we couldn't and only certain I think like a certain people got to see it because theaters were still not closed but you had the tickets were like sold out super fast but the most impressive thing is that the numbers uh, we're gonna take this from Oscar from Chitando. The numbers. Yeah. The numbers say that domestically they made 41 million, almost 42 million dollars. That's a 9.6%. And then international, they did 394 million dollars, and that's a 90%, 90.40 percent, and in total they made 436 if we round it off actually we can't round it off but let's say say that they made 437 million dollars sure. yep and if whoever whoever has paid attention to the numbers uh, or to the scores demon slayer did break a lot of records yes you know well, you it want broke to list the, the records yeah sure thing go ahead
1: yeah they 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 became the highest grossing film of all time in japan which is a huge thing because when you then you discuss the films right the film that dominated the box office in japan for two decades was spirit away which is a yep studio ghibli classic man and before that it was titanic which is kind of Mm -hmm. hilarious if we're talking strictly other japanese films that dominated this list before demon slayer destroyed the box office it was your name which is a film we can even talk about on another podcast, which I love a lot. Yeah,
0: yes, Um, we we should, we should.
1: And, you know, you go down the list, number seven, number eight is more Studio Ghibli films, so obviously they have a love for Studio Ghibli, but Demon Slayer was like a gigantic anomaly in Japan. Like, you know, like, came out at a time where obviously there wasn't competition, which is something that, for example, we discussed in the Movie Guy podcast, where when you have no competition, people are eager to go see something. Demon Slayer is like, the anime to watch right now. All yeah, these things combined, you know, they make for a whirlwind effect where everyone was seeing this movie in Japan. It also broke the record for the highest-grossing R-rated animated film in Japan, which is not that big of, in general. It's not that big of a record because when you consider the fact that the other film was Sausage Party at 140 million dollars, and this one obviously destroyed 477. There's obviously a gigantic discrepancy. Also, it was the highest grossing anime film and the highest grossing Japanese film of all time. This is insanity. Like yeah, this... it is. It yeah, is it, it is a gigantic anomaly. It's it's fascinating because I think it's a combination. Fayana of... mentioned this. This was an interesting debate that we had. Mm-hmm. She mentioned that part of the fact that the movie was so successful, it was because it was necessary viewing in order to prep you for season two as opposed to other anime films where are non-canonical like most of the my hero films or even the super films which have some elements that might be integrated into the seasons as they progress especially like the broly movie yeah but in general you can kind of watch them a little detached from whatever season you're watching and you're not going to get super lost with this one it starts off right where season one ends And it ends where potentially season two is going to start. So it is super required viewing. Again, putting into the mix, it is one of the most gigantic animes right now. Everyone's watching it, everyone's like hyping it up. And I think it could be, you know, some of the reasons why this was so successful. What do you think?
0: I actually think that it it is. Like I'm going to mention that Demon Slayer is hitting so much in like in the hit. It's so interesting that the fact that Funko got the license to make Funko Pops of Demon Slayer as well. They even teased one, it's going to be pretty big. It's going to be like those scene Funko Pops. Ringo Bueno. Yeah. With the fire is, behind them. With him. the fire behind them. Yeah. I saw that, I'm like, I am like, I need it. <laughs> same,
1: same. I don't like Funko Pops and people know this, but I saw that Funko Pop, I'm like, I, I need that. Yes, I need that exactly. So beautiful. <laughs>
0: yeah, but what you mentioned is completely true because let's put an example. Uh, both movies of My Hero Academy, I haven't seen the second one. Okay. Not yet. But I saw the first one. The first one did have a connection with um, with, with the, the seasons. seasons. I haven't spoiled, spoiled the second one for myself. I've been avoiding a lot of like anime groups and everything. I do have a friend that did watch the movie and he reads the manga as well. His name is B.A. And... He told me like if you don't want to spoil yourself, future seasons don't watch the film. And I'm like, why? And then he mentions to me that there's a lot of characters that in the movie come out that, in terms of where the season is and the story, it does not connect. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but I need to watch the movie because I like my Hero Academia. You know, of course. like I I I I need. <laughs> like I want to be honest. Yesterday I was um. I was folding clothes and I'm like, I have like six shirts of My Hero Academia. I have a problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's really interesting how this movie made such a hit. And and it was sad for us because us, that we love to see these, these type of movies in the theater. The theater was closed. Piracy was on, on its high and still it made that that a lot of money it it almost it almost would break half a million i think if they would have left it if they would have left that film at least a couple of more months in domestic i think it could have broken the half a million but again it the number of theaters that are open is very limited so we know no, that that illusion. might have not happened yeah but,
1: but it's still kind of impressive that oh yeah domestically it it made a lot of money and people were very interested in watching this movie. It made more money than Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and it was actually fighting Mortal Kombat in the box office, which is is something so weird because you would never (laughs) think that, you know? You would think Mortal Kombat as a domestic franchise would dominate something foreign, but it shows you the tides are changing, man. The other thing that I found interesting... In terms of graphic novel sales, mm-hmm. this March, I believe, the top 10 of graphic novels was all manga. Oh, there was wow. no comic book graphic novel in the top 10. Oh, it wow. was all a bunch of like My Hero and Demon Slayer and I think uh, the new one, the Kaisen one. Yeah, Those were they, the mangas yeah. that were dominating in, in the top 10 which shows you that people are very much into watching these crazy narratives. It could be, it could also be like the new boom, man. You know where we're talking about that maybe after the superhero genre, it could be yeah. the video game adaptation. What if we have like legit anime, we've already had anime, live action anime adaptations, but mm-hmm. done on the, um, on the Hollywood side of things and done in a way where maybe it's a, collab with japanese yeah. um actors or something and you know they give him like a huge budget but they tell the japanese um cast and crew do it your way we're just funding this because we want to see like a proper deku mm-hmm. punching people like you want to see that yeah but live yeah. action so who knows man it's 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 fascinating because you know 40 years ago like in the 80s people would bootleg anime because it was so hard to find and then oh, tsunami yeah. tsunami did the whole thing of like grabbing all these famous animes bringing it to like kids everywhere showing you that Goku is a badass and <laughs> girls can like badass characters like Sailor Moon and now we have this influx of amazing yeah. anime it is, so, it is you know.
0: very interesting how how for us it's tsunami and not only tsunami but if you're from Puerto Rico or any place from Latin America normally every sundays like very early in the morning you would have like these little small little segments that they would show like three different animes, but in Spanish. So I remember watching like Slam Dunk and Prince of Tennis and there was just, oh, uh, Samurai X uh, in Spanish. But it was really great because, you know, you would see that and you were like, oh but uh, these are like mm-hmm. cartoons and then when you when you see it in Toonami they're like oh that's anime and you're like oh that's why it was so different mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really intriguing on that sense that yeah it, it is true there might be maybe video game movie adaptations that it's not going to be the thing and and anime is going to be the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at this. The The hunger,
1: the hunger is real. 44, no, yeah. what was it, 40 million in domestic? And like yeah, you said, if they 40, keep it there. 41 million.
0: Yeah, and if they keep million. it
1: there, like they did in Japan, because Japan is still running, it's been running for like almost a year, that movie. Mm-hmm. But all. Also, it's because it, again, like it's required viewing for season two. Exactly. But but even then, like they know they have a gigantic hit. They have like a Titanic hit on their mm-hmm. hands. They're just gonna leave it there because frankly, there's not other other things to show be beyond like the HBO
0: blockbusters. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and then like even even though let's talk about this. Um, the recent film that is now available in HBO Max is um the Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yes. And it's not, it hasn't been the talk of the week. Nope. It hasn't, it hasn't been, you know, for me personally, uh, I did like the movie. It was, I give it a, I think it was a nine, if I'm not mistaken, due to the premises of the film, because the premises of the film was great. You know, I'm not saying that they were like, I would say Oscar worthy acting or anything, but at least the premise of the director, what he showed was really great. You know, at least for me, it, it was really interesting. Letting it be that we're still here. That movie came out. Mortal Kombat came out uh, before. Yeah. And then there's still the talk of the, the topic is Demon Slayer. Like the yep. topic is still that one. And yep. and, and the thing is, let, let's kick it off with this. In Rotten Tomato, yep. it's still 97%. Damn. that's In the kind. tomato meter. But this is the sad part. It's only 32 reviews. Okay. But that does not kill... The 10,000 plus verified ratings mm-hmm. as the audience score that makes it a 99%. Wow. Yeah, people really responded
1: positively to the movie then.
0: Exactly. And that yeah. is that is interesting because this is, either way, we still got a good percentage in reviews for yeah. from critics. Yeah. But seeing that the audience liked the movie, that is amazing. We can have like Venom. We had that Venom effect. Critics didn't like it audience did like it but in this one both sides like it it's really interesting that it keeps on rolling and rolling and i'm gonna be honest with you like Mm. i would say that i would say like ending of act one yeah when they are already like asleep you know having those little scenes of day dreaming yeah i would say that that little portion uh it was not my i laughed i'm not gonna lie okay it was funny it was funny like seeing um, Boarhead dreaming about all of them being his minions, yeah. his squirrels. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny. And then having, uh, what was his name? Tanjiro? No, Tanjiro, no. Or the, uh, Semisu, yeah. Senetsu. Or Senetsu. Yeah. Senetsu. Yeah. Yeah. That having, oh, wait, my bad. I, yeah. I was naming, okay, IMDb has a b- bajillion names and I'm now confused, but the one that has the electric power. Yeah, Senetsu. Semitsu. So yeah, so him. So he having his daydream of falling in love with Nezuko. Nezuko yeah. it's like I was like, okay, so uh, can we just move forward with the with the story, please? I underst-
1: yeah, I understand what you mean. They took like a little pause. I understand why it's there because that is the power of the of the lower. Oh yeah, lower demon or whatever. We should talk about what the plot is like in general.
0: Oh yeah. So okay, guys. So yeah, the plot is so we all know Tanjiro's family was brutally murdered and his sister turned into a demon. Tanjiro Kamado's journey as a demon slayer began. And then Tanjiro and his comrades embark on a new mission aboard the Mugen train on track to despair. So that is the synopsis that it has on all of the different paid websites. The plot of the story is that there is a certain demon and people are disappearing in the Mugen train. So they sent Tanjiro and his group, and then they sent Rengoku as well. I think Rengoku was there either way because he needed to go to where the train was ending. But still, they were there because a demon was, some demons were appearing and people were disappearing. I like the fact that they kept, like, the, I'm not going to say the main baddie. The demon, main demon from the train, I like that they kept them, like, way far until you would see Tanjiro go on top of the train. Yeah, I like that. They gave you that um, it was a build that up. mystery. A build up. Yeah, exactly. That build up, that mystery, as in like uh, like in Jaws. You know that mm-hmm, like we exactly. don't see Jaws until the end of the movie. So it was really interesting. Like uh, I would I would say that that was like the only little snippet that I would say that mm-hmm. again. It did not bother me, but I was just like, I just continue with the story. But it was still funny because yeah. it still made sense, because it gave a little backstory to the little kids. Yeah. You know the little kids were like a key factor of it because they
1: were they were suffering insomnia and enmu which was the lower rank Mm -hmm. uh she or he i don't know they promised the kids that they would be able to have like the the eternal sleep essentially be able to sleep because they were having insomnia so i understand why And, and it factors in because they do have the um that is the uh enmu's power is that they make he makes you fall asleep or you know they make you fall asleep which comes into play because fine it is funny that the sinitsu dream and it's funny the the nosuke dream and even the rengoku the rengoku is a little bit sad but the tanjiro one is important because it factors into the plot later on because he sees his family again and he is false sense of security because he feels at home he feels happy again he has you know, and Nezuko... Well, Nezuko doesn't show up, which is the thing that he's like, that's kind of weird. But he has his whole family again, and he's mm-hmm. happy. But then he kind of realizes, this is not my life. And, he, and it's kind of cool because it shows character development. If Tanjiro would have had this dream early on in Season 1, for example, I do believe that Tanjiro would have actually made the mistake and actually fallen deeper in his slumber. You know what I mean? Because... Yeah. At the beginning, he was mourning the loss of his family for a very long time, even during his training. After everything he's gone through during Season 1, it shows you a nice character development, this realization very quickly, this is not real. I can't be in this dreamlike scenario with my family, no matter how badly I do want it, because I know it's not real. I know it's not my actual life. My life is to hunt demons and try to free Nezuko from her demon form. You know, the fact that he utilizes the suicide technique to wake up as if this was freaking inception was great because that factors into the plot. So it is, it is sort of necessary they do this, but I do agree with you completely. It does suck away from the movie a little bit, but that factors in because my, my issue with the film mm-hmm. is that the story's really cool. The villain's cool. Has it, have it not been for those last 30 minutes i wouldn't have been as hyped for this movie as i was i feel like the last 30 minutes of this film really elevates this film into another stratosphere yeah. as for example like maybe my, my hero or something like that which you're kind of hyped throughout the story this one it has like a nice little you know th- a mystery that they have to solve and there's this villain but they kind of like figure out how to defeat the villain rather quickly-ish because like at the uh, the one hour mark they kind of know already how to solve the issue and they yeah. take like the 20 more minutes to kind of solve it but when they solve the issue there's a twist to the story we can we can go that into that later those last 30 minutes though that's what sells me emotionally that's what hyped me up in terms of action animation all those elements come into fruition in those last 30 minutes and it elevates the film into, like, like I said, into the stratosphere. It's fascinating. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. Um, so what else didn't you like about the about the movie beyond so, the dream sequence?
0: So I actually, for, for the rest of the film, I actually did like it. I would say that they would have done getting used to because when you play like a lot of video games uh, like Resident Evil, you see so many designs in regards of when you want to do like flesh in 3D. Yeah. And when the train turns into flesh, it looks a little weird. It looks a little weird. Yeah, it does. Uh, again, just, that's just be me being nitpicky. But still, there were certain camera angles that I liked that the flesh looked really well. And one of the things that I, I would say that I really, really loved was that due to due to that it's an animation film, an anime, they use so many weird camera angles. For this movie, oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite angles, I would say, is... Well, there, there's two. Well, the la- the second one, I'll mention it when we talk about that part. Of course. But the first one is when Tanjiro is against the first bat, big Baddie. Yeah. There is this, like, zoom in, or let's say pan in and pan out. Yeah. Every time he commits, like, suicide, and then he tries to do the water technique again. Yeah. And then you go to, like full screen and then you go back to like a mid a mid frame to like his chest up and then you go back to the full and then the camera moves to Tanjiro's back and the villain that was so so amazing that I I was like wow this is the thing that that is one of the things that I like about um anime in regards of like the camera angles that you can use that obviously you can try and recreate them in films they're but not possible sometimes exactly but sometimes they're not possible exactly yeah. but but i do respect that mm-hmm. they
1: obey film camera rules they might look w- wanky and they might look weird but they still have structure they still make sense like you can believe that this could be film and yeah. that happens a lot in animation because that's how you sell the effect if you mm-hmm. do something so wacky that it's not believable in terms of how it visually looks, it's gonna take you away from it. The way that you play with animation and the way you make it exciting and fun and, and to a certain degree real, is that you obey the laws of how a film camera would react and act. Yeah. So, you know, it's part of it. And it's very fascinating that, like you said, in this in this movie, they go crazy with those angles. And they go crazy yeah, they with how, how they portray Tanjiro. And when Senesu is, like, half asleep, killing everyone in the train, it looks very cool. Yeah. And like you said, they play a lot with the angles. And it is fascinating to see.
0: So the other thing that I, uh, I want to touch is, before we continue with more of, like, uh, the film, True. one of the things that I want to touch is how they combine classic Japanese art mm-hmm. with their styles, you know, because yeah. they Tanjiro has, like, the water technique, Su has the electric. Mm-hmm. Then you got Inosuke that he does not have any. He's just brute force. Yeah. Um. But then you got Rengoku that has um the fire. The, the fire. Mm-hmm. But when you notice the, the attention to detail yeah. on each one of them, you can get an art from like classic Japanese art. Like, like you can get the the famous wave, the Japanese wave, and you can actually see that Japanese wave yeah. in the in Tanjiro sword. The combination that's what we mentioned, the combination of how 3D art is combined with the 2D animation is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I have no words on this and as well like if when we get to talk about your name i know that that is going to be another film that we're going to be like gushing yeah gushing um the other the only one that i haven't watched yet is um weathering weathering with you yeah it's really good haven't watched haven't watched it yet uh i need to watch that film i, I you know uh, again everybody yeah. that everybody that had that knows me and orengo when we go to the movie guy and we talk about like any anime film yeah. it's like you're you see two two geeks going crazy for anime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how about you on what what are like the what scenes that didn't you like or what what things do you like about the film like that we can go periodically to go to to those last 30 minutes of like i would say despair oh, yeah. and, and happiness at the same time <laughs> okay so
1: I mean, like I said, it, it, it almost felt like it dragged a little in the middle section, which I would agree with you with the whole sleeping sequence and trying to fight off the um, the demon because yeah, the demon had, like, essentially two forms. They had, like, the form where they are playing with Tanjiro, but when Tanjiro got wise, they're like, okay, I'm just going to protect myself with the train. So now they have to fight the train, and then they discover how to get to essentially the heart of the train to kill off the, the demon. Mm-hmm. Um I, I thought the whole again the whole mystery of the train the whole way they approach it was cool, um, the way they introduce Rengu, uh, Rengoku and his story arc more in depth because we got of got a glimpse of it in season. Oh one. yeah, now we got like more in depth. Um...
0: Like the what what is like the uh, what, what was his the ka- kasas I don't remember the the clan, but but uh how his family works and and where where's like his roots it, it's it was really heartbreaking for me yes, because it's it really was. it was a great introduction yes it was
1: so basically like um i i thought it dragged just a little bit like i would have shaved off maybe 10 minutes of something kind of boring maybe like you said the 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 sleeping sequence because it in the grand scheme of things it didn't amount to anything it kind of slowed down the plot a little bit for the sake yeah. of jokes and for the sake of whatever except for again tanjiro it had a purpose with tanjiro and it sort yeah, of it had did. a purpose with rengoku but it didn't have a purpose with the other two and um you know when when you get to the to the actual fighting and when it starts getting intense with the Enmu, well, that's where it gets fascinating um i liked everything else the action sequences were amazing um the way they portrayed the the different levels of power because we know Tanjiro's getting really good um yeah he's, he's shown that he's training and he's committing to being the best demon Slayer he can be you know like a like a classic in character but you can also see that inosuke and senetsu also are doing their part And especially Inosuke clearly wants to be like that sort of rival slash friend to Tanjiro. And he wants to be his equal to some degree. And he puts on his weight, you know. When they're about to destroy Enmu, that they discover how to defeat Enmu from the heart of the train, essentially. They work together. And it was really fun to watch that dynamic because Inosuke always tries to do everything alone. He never tries to approach things from a teammate perspective Mm -hmm. and watching how um, after Buddy heads with Tanjiro, he realizes, no, we got to do this together because we're not, we're not enough. And Rengoku ain't here to save us. Like, we got to do this. We got to prove our worth. And even though it's a lower third demon, the demon's still very strong, you know? Even if the power isn't that great and Tanjiro already knows how to defeat the power, it's still like a very powerful ability. The fact that you can become a train and release all these demons and put all these people at risk in the train. So everything else I do love. Um, The character development was cool, especially in the last 30 minutes. Um, But even the little beats that we get, especially with Tanjiro and Nilsuke... I think they've grown and I think that it'll be cool to see how their dynamic shifts a little bit for season two. Yeah. Given the fact that they that they see each other, especially Nosuke towards Tanjiro, he sees them as a sort of equal. He doesn't say like, oh, you puny little squirrel or whatever. He kind of notices that Tanjiro has worth and Tanjiro um, can be someone he can help to finish the mission. They can help each other, they don't have to be enemies, they don't have to fight to see who's the best at whatever. They can be friends, which is kind of cool. hmm
0: You know, one of the things that uh we should mention is that one I think that the most one of the most important like scenes, yeah, in regards of like how Danjiro um becomes the the, the demon slayer that he wants to become is when um, when enu uh gave him the nightmares yeah that final nightmare scene yeah. that that his family is all covered in blood and yeah. and they're like uh blaming him because he was not there yeah. i remember that scene i had goosebumps and my heart broke like in 20 pieces
1: it was devastating because enmu, enmu was throwing everything at tanjiro so tanjiro yes. would freaking fall asleep man it was yeah. devastating
0: one of the other scenes that I would say that uh, I, I have like um, here in IMDb they have like a lot of like snips sure. so one of the scenes that it's really interesting is what the little kid that was inside uh, Tanjiro's dream yeah that that he was like he was like so confused because even Tanjiro's like thoughts yeah. when he asked like oh where is his dream core the little thoughts took him to the dream core yeah and then he was confused that there was something so interesting and and I would say that being a character that it's not that important in terms of like future Demon Slayer seasons mm-hmm. they gave these three little kids uh, uh I would say like an end game yeah because even the the little I think there was I think there was like two little girls as well yeah. um they had like an end game. You know, they they, they wanted to go to sleep. You know, they wanted to to stop. But the thing is that Enu, Enu, even though he... he, This is how they... how Why I like sometimes how these animes develop their their villains. Because Mm -hmm. their villains don't give you just one thing. So Enu does give you the sleep. But he gives you like a portion. You know, like, oh, you'll have a good dream. But then I'll turn it to a nightmare. So you're gonna be yep. falling asleep to a whole nightmare. Like he yep. did to the train to the train conductor. Yep. You know, it's it's so interesting how how the how this movie turns out to be uh more driven to our favorite characters and to the characters that are like surrounding them that mm-hmm. are not important, you know. Uh yeah, and I would just I just got to say that throughout the sequence in the train everything that happens inside the train is super amazing like again how they did those sequences in such a tight space.
1: Yes, that was really cool cuz they
0: played a lot with the, the closeness of of the spaces. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And then not only that, you can tell that they are not afraid because you know that in in martial art um, American films mm-hmm. you know that they do that famous stop record the yep. punch stop the then they like record like the the the, the final hit yeah but it's everything close yeah but in 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 this film you can tell that they're not afraid like hey look see you got the full frame
1: yeah
0: we're gonna cut we're gonna like show you the train in half and you're gonna see the whole thing or you're gonna have the whole thing. In, in a in a very awkward angle but you're gonna see the whole sequence in in one shot yeah and that was amazing like i again it's there's so many things in this in this film that that i would say that i would say that that are amazing uh there's like <clears throat> I, I can't find anything else that i would say that i didn't like
1: what okay i was gonna
0: mention something yeah do
1: you not consider it weird that you know if you've seen Demon Slayer, you know this. When Tanjiro defeats demons, and even when he defeated I well, he didn't defeat it, but when they actually killed one of the, the lower third demons, yeah, usually there's a cathartic moment in part from the part of the demon. As they're dying, they always look at Tanjiro and his gentle soul, and they kind of have a reflection of their life. And I've always kind of liked that because it give you a little bit of a backstory of the demon. Mm-hmm. W- do you not find it weirded for Enmu that didn't happen?
0: Yeah, that was really that was really odd. Like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that was really odd. But 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 either way, now sure. that we're touching that, either way. But when we get to that final thirty minutes, sure. you still see that 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 cathar that cathartic moment with the with the like, uh, what do we call demon? this? the other demon yeah the high grade yeah. demon because yeah. i think he's one of akasa. the chosen uh, yeah akasa is the upper rank third the upper rank third so mm-hmm. so we didn't get it with ennu but we did get it with um with akasa even though he does not he does not die yeah true you know true but the thing is that it it changes because it's not with tanjiro is with rengoku that's true the, the, the like the situation changes yeah but i would still say that enu and it was this type of demon that he just wanted power. Because see, if you could tell, like from the start to the end, um, to the end, I mean when he when he's defeated, yeah, everything that he mentions is that he wants power because yeah. he knows that if he gets all these human souls, he can get to that upper, upper like rank uh demon power. Yeah. because that's what he's just looking for. So probably that's why we didn't get that like cathartic moment with him
1: that's true that's fair i mean it makes it it makes the dynamic a little different because you're always giving the expectation that the demon is going to have that cathartic moment that they usually Mm -hmm. have so i guess it's kind of cool that enmu really doesn't have anything cathartic because even in the last dying breath they just wanted to win and wanted power so i guess that's cool i guess maybe it'd be cool if we see that more then because I've, I've, I grew accustomed to the fact that I thought that was like commonplace that these demons in their last dying breath would have this cathartic moment and seeing that Enmu didn't have it confused me a little because I, I assumed it was kind of part of the thing that happened in, in, in Demon Slayer as a whole you know they watch Tanjiro in their last dying breath and they kind of have a cathartic moment. But I guess it's cool. Like it'd be cool in season two if there's some demons that are like freaking screaming at Tanjiro's, like, "God damn it! Why did you kill me in their last dying breaths or whatever?" It'd be kind of cool. But I guess yeah. I would like to see it more. Then that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess because um, when you think about it, most of the demons that Tanjiro has faced have like a big backstory to them. Yes. Like some of them, I, I, some of them didn't didn't even want it to be demons to be fair. Mm-hmm. like uh if i'm not mistaken the in in season one when you get to the demon that has the the spider webs yes that That's one i think it was one of those i think both of them didn't want it to be demons
1: the family were... one the family one <laughs> the, like the basically it's a giant family most of the family didn't want to be a demon except for exactly annoying, annoying the annoying the annoying kid
0: yeah yeah. you know and and the thing is that most of the most of the demons turn to demons just because they want to be immortal yeah you know and because they're all powerful mm-hmm. you know because we see this now that we're on um, like we're now really close to the last 30 minutes yeah so we see this when when we see this final scene you know uh, uh, tanjiro is in pain because he got uh, I, uh, one of the kids stabbed him yep and um you know suket and rengoku tell him like hey lay down you know you can't do anything else just stay calm and then out of the blue there's a plot i, I would not say a plot twist but there's a twist no oh, there's a giant twist yeah and there's a giant twist oh and look there is an upper rank demon
1: yeah shows up out,
0: out of-, of nowhere uh, exactly shows up out of nowhere the interesting part is that he's not he's not he doesn't care about the people in the train he cares yep. only about Rengoku. Yep. It's like I want you because you are I don't know the the clan name again, but you are the 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 chosen one. You know, you're the the most powerful uh demon slayer in in the group. And oh, the Hashira you mean? The Hashira. The Hashira, exactly, yeah. the Hashira. So you're a Hashira and and I need to fight you. And yeah. it's like it's interesting how you go from a whole train sequence and mm-hmm. a storyline to go to a to a 30-minute. I would say the that's epilogue. Fight, it's like a yeah, that, epilogue. Uh, that 30-minute epilogue that it's technically speaking from 30 minutes is like 20 minutes of pure action. Oh yeah. And then you got the 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 end of the epilogue with a very heartwarming, sad ending. Yeah. And this is where us as Demon Slayer fans of the anime, we see how not only Tanjiro, even Inosuke get that character development up to tar, like no no questions asked. Yeah. Like, I, I for mo- for what I saw, probably you did as well, Orengo, these two are going to be like um, key points. Inosuke and Tanjiro will be key points On season two yeah you know but let's go ahead and oh the second scene that i loved uh in terms of the camera angle yeah now that we're here so you remember that um the last demon the last Mm -hmm. baddie uh he goes there's this shot that goes moving while he's like uh powering up that there's like a design on the floor and then the camera goes like follows the design and then it goes to him and then it goes like pans out to give Mm -hmm. him like a full shot yeah that that scene when i saw it i was like why why (laughs) you make me like the bad guy (laughs) but i am not going to lie that final uh technique from rengoku yeah i have no words for it <laughs> yeah it was amazing it was amazing so so orengo like before we we go to that sad part what do you like about this final epi epilogue
1: i i thought it was amazing because it gave you like a twist like you said you're expecting oh you know they they solved the issue enmu enmu died tanjiro is useless as usual because he got you know stabbed or whatever there's always an excuse for tanjiro to just be inefficient after a big fight yeah and then you're like okay so it's over and then out of nowhere this dude akasa shows up and i'm like wait what's going on I thought this was gonna be over what's going on and then this guy's about to kill tanjiro i'm like well he's not gonna die so what's gonna happen is inosuke gonna step up and then it's like rengoku like okay so it's rengoku versus this dude but i'm thinking okay so now what we're doing is we're shifting the 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 movie to to rengoku's perspective which is great because we haven't gotten a lot of rengoku that's that's very fascinating to me and then we get to see the power of a uh, flame Hashira, which is great, too, because I, I never seen that before, because we, we've only got season one and we only got a, bl- a glimpse mm-hmm. of all these characters towards the end of season one. So we see the giant fight. Obviously, it's an amazing fight. I I loved every little bit of it. I love the exchange of them because Rengoku is like the, a very gentle soul. He's yes. very He's very heroic. He doesn't compromise. He seeks justice at all costs. He's very, you know, he's like a Goku template. You know, yeah. this guy this guy just wants to be good and will do everything to save everyone, even if it costs him his own life. And seeing the fight, seeing how it's slowly affecting him, because obviously Akasa is a very strong demon. And seeing that this Flame Hashira, which you would assume was would be strong enough to defeat uh, an upper rank, which was my assumption and you see him kind of start to lose the fight, I was beginning to get worried because I'm like, wow, if he can't beat one of these higher ranked demons, this doesn't bode well for the whole clan because the clan's gonna have a gigantic problem dealing with all these higher echelon demons. Yep. And the fight was great. I love that the twist was that he wasn't trying to defeat Akasa. He was trying to bite his time for the sunrise. I was not expecting that. I was thinking like, oh, he's actually trying his best to win, but he's obviously losing. And it was was all just a bit for time because, you know, he's smart. He's going to be a smart fighter. He's going to try his best to elongate his time, you know, talk to him, tell him like, I'm not going to be persuaded. I'm not going to become evil, no matter how much you insist. And it was all because he wanted to get to the sunrise so he could at least try to Either kill Akasa that way or Akasa runs away. Whichever one came first. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the sad part. Like you said, Uh, Rengoku doesn't make it. And I did not expect that. It kind of took me me by surprise. I really thought he would make it. Even if it was like, you know, um, Endeavor style. When it happened in the last season where you thought Endeavor was going to die. But obviously you're like, no, this this is my Hero Academia. That doesn't happen. When I was thinking, I was watching the show, like I was watching the movie. I was like, "They're gonna, they're not gonna kill Rengoku. Like we barely got a lot of this character as it is. We're not, they're gonna kill. We need him because he's gonna be the future men- mentor of Tanjiro. It's been set up, and then it's
0: like, oh no, he died. Yes. Oh god. It's, like it's yeah. Go ahead. And he died the most. I would say. I would say that he died the most heroic way possible. Definitely. And the thing is that this is the most interesting part. He is fading away, giving him giving his last breath, giving that little, that speech to Tanjiro. And not only Tanjiro, because In- Inosuke is next to him. Yeah. But he was still trying to get that, um, that uh, I would say, acceptance. Mm-hmm from his mother
1: yeah
0: like i the i would say that yes his death was very sad but just seeing him look at his mother and say and and have like that little that little line like uh did i did i did did i do it right mother
1: yeah that was that was a beautiful that was a beautiful shot yeah, like, that killed me because he was talking. Th- so, the see the, the shot is he's talking to Tanjiro, then he looks off to the side and, like, in a blurry vision of basically him fading away, he sees his mom off in the distance. And, like, John mm-hmm. said, he said, Did I do good, mother? That thing that was heartbreaking as hell, man. Yeah,
0: that was so sad. Go ahead, yeah. And then, not only that, he says that he 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 passes away yeah. and then. Um, for for my understanding, every demon slayer has like a like a crow, to give them information. Yeah. So all the multiple crows go to all the multiple demon slayers that we have seen in season one, mm-hmm. and they all get the news. Yep, and they all break down. And then I think that the the other highest ranked demon slayer, he has that little that small little like line as well that he's like. Even the Hashira cannot defeat an upper-ranked demon. Yeah, and and that and that uh, us as fans that we watch the the show, it's like it, it, it's shocking, and I imagine that the people that read the manga as well. Yeah, uh, look, like I'm talking about this scene and I'm getting goosebumps, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would say that the dialogue that's like uh, much more heartbreaking is when you see the the blind demon slayer yes that he says that he knows that he does not have more time here on earth but at least he knows that he's going to see Heng- rengoku in in the in the other life yeah and that he's happy to be there with him that little snip of of dialogue yeah destroyed me again <laughs> <laughs> i was like why why you do this to me it's but, a good twist because you don't expect it. Yeah, exactly. It is a good twist because you're you're saying goodbye to a character that they gave you his full development mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. And in a 30-minute epilogue. Yeah. And there you go. That's Rengoku. That is his what his life was, what he was fighting for. And, and it's really interesting because he tells Tanjiro as a final mission or as a final thing to do for him, mm-hmm. is to go to his to his home, and yeah. tell his family and his brother what he did. Yep, and it's very heartbreaking to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets much more uh, interesting because Tanjiro and Inosuke have this heartwarming scene that Tanjiro is crying because Rengoku died. And then he he runs mm-hmm. towards the forest, fighting to screaming to the demon, yeah. like, "Hey, why why are you running away? Uh, You're a coward. You're a coward. Yeah, uh, weren't you looking for acceptance that you killed uh, that that you were going to win? Yeah. The thing is that what Tanjiro says, I think, that's the most important dialogue in this epilogue is." I, I had I had it right now in my mind, and I completely uh, it went away. But he has this little dialogue that he mentions that that uh, I'm gonna paraphrase it. He mentions that Kengan um, Goku is the winner. Yeah. That that it's not him. It's not mm-hmm. the demon. That he should mm-hmm. not get credit for it. Of course. Yeah. But seeing seeing how Inosuke and Tanjiro connect in the in those final five minutes
1: didn't that inosuke you... told Tanjiro not to cry because crying was yes useless. Yeah. yes which and then great. he starts crying exactly. and then he starts crying yeah yeah yeah
0: you know because then um Sen- uh, Semetsu says to to inosuke like uh but you're crying as well it's yeah, coming out of your <laughs> yeah out of your uh, out of your head and he's like no they're not <laughs> i have allergies <laughs> or something like that um but it's so interesting how how the ending of this film gave a big character development to to these two characters, to Inosuke yeah. and to Tanjiro, and then giving the farewell to Rengoku. Like again, I was I was exactly feeling the same way as you. Like mm-hmm. when I saw Rengoku die, I was like, nah, he's alive. Exactly. He's not dead. He's not dead. He, he's not dead. They can't when, kill him. <laughs> when they show that 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 low shot of yep. his legs and the blood coming down, I'm like, "Yep." Uh, uh I, I don't know how to say uh, he, no, you can't take him away this early in the show. In, in the show, come on.
1: Right? Yeah. You're, you don't expect that at all.
0: Exactly. Um, and 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 just to touch up a little bit on on Rengoku's story. Yeah. So he's very attached with his family and his clan. Um, he chooses to be a demon slayer when he didn't have to, but he was still looking for acceptance from his father. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting part because it's like he talks to Tanjiro about it as well. He's like, "Oh, um, my father uses uh, reads this book that has like all of the all, all of our techniques and whatnot." Yeah. Because we didn't mention it, Orengo, but Tanjiro learns a new a new technique. Yeah. He learns his father's technique. That that's another interesting thing. You know, that's true. It, th- this film touches so much about family and 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 friends. Mm-hmm. I would I would say more family, yeah. but due to the fact that, well, Inosuke, know, Suke, Sinatsu are friends with um Tanjiro, but that's why I mentioned friends as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really got to say that I agree with everybody's scores like if mm-hmm. you would tell me that that people are giving it a nine out of out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 a 9 point5 out of 10 yeah I will accept an 8.5 because you have to give me a good reason for it yeah but I agree with with everybody this yeah. this is um this is a, a complete film. You know, this is a film that that connects season one. It connects season two. Mm-hmm. It did it well, yep. and it and for for people that see the anime or that thanks to the film, they are gonna start watching the the anime. Because yeah. you know that there's people that, that watched the movie before the anime. Yeah, yeah. Because they they're probably
1: thinking, oh, we're just going to watch it because I've heard good things about it. But then they probably saw it and they were like, I don't
0: get it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You know. But the other thing that I want to mention is that ending song. Yes. That is portrayed by Lisa again. Yeah. Because because Lisa does not do anything else but work. Yeah. But I can, I could say that, I could say right now that if the ending song was not portrayed by Lisa, mm-hmm. I think that that song that they had made for, for that movie, yeah. wouldn't have the same feeling I agree. that That's it right. had. Yeah. Because when you see the, the intros of Lisa's music with anime, they make, they connect yeah. I don't know what she does, but they work. Yeah. Like when you see the intro for Demon Slayer, you mm-hmm. you connect with that in with that um opening song. Yes. You know, it, it connects really fine and really great. But the ending, you know, that final that final final shots with the music like in negative say negative 15 decibels to yeah. to maintain the dialogue of certain characters. Yeah. Uh, I have again. I have no, no words at all. This, a uh, demon slayer Mugen Train. Uh, I I get it. Like uh, I was one. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, this movie was available to download and to rent, mm-hmm. uh, to buy. I didn't do it because I was like, I know that there's good reviews, but I want to see it in the big screen. Yeah. So I did see it in the big screen, and. The good thing is it didn't happen like it happened to the My Hero Academia one that something happened with the audio and we were using like the the front speakers only. Okay. But in this one we did mm-hmm. have the whole the whole theater, the yeah, whole system, the surround, system, sound. The surround mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. And I got to say like it, it was amazing, a great experience. Obviously my chair was not the best, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would still say that I had a lot of fun watching the movie in 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 theaters. But I, I really I really can't I have nothing else to say. Like Orango, this <clears throat> this film is is I, I I'm gonna say it. I, I know people are gonna say uh, otherwise, but I'm gonna say this film is perfect. Oh, even damn. though we have that little segment that that uh that's the dream sequence, but I do a set that if people say that it's a, like a perfect film I accept it you know yeah it, it, I, it's too, it's it has a little bit of everything I,
1: I'll, I'll be a little harsher I'll say that oh, it's, it's okay a, it's a really good really good anime film obviously I feel like you do need the context please don't go see this film without seeing season one
0: yes please because you
1: won't be able to appreciate a lot of the character intricacies and character arcs that are being shown here and being developed here so you mm-hmm. do need to see season one this is not one of those situations where if you saw like one season of My Hero and then go a- off and see the movies, you have a basic understanding of who these characters are so you can get away with it. Yeah. You have to see this season one of Demon Slayer. You have to. You can't just go away and not, not see it firsthand. Um, in terms of anime films, there are others which I love far more. Like, for example, uh, Spirit Away, The Silent yeah. Boys. There's others which I truly love more. But as far as, you know, shonen type anime films and action based anime films it's up there the action is phenomenal even from the from the anime itself like from the show the anime the anime has always had phenomenal animation it always has great usage of 3D animation which is sparse but when they do they do use it is very effective and very well handled and in the movie's no different like except for the wonky part where the train turns into the demon it looks a little weird yeah. but for the most part Basically, like, 99% of the animation is flawless. It's beautifully rendered. It's beautifully portrayed. It has great usage of cinematography, of color, of editing. Um, And it has heart. It's great because if, if you grow with these characters, if you see season one and you have an attachment to these characters, you will have a satisfying emotional conclusion at the end of this film. But there is a little baggage. You you, you just can't go see it without seeing season one. But I I do love it. It's a great film. I can't wait for season two. I can't wait for more Demon Slayer in general. And I hope this opens the door for other anime films to not fear just being shown in Japan. to, To be like, wow, Demon Slayer made a lot of money. We should try investing on international distribution and get the word out of a, about these anime films that we're making in Japan like at least really good ones like you know for example that new my hero academia one which i'm pretty sure it'll be in in the domestic box office i'm pretty sure it'll yeah. be in the united states but i i like that we live in this world where there people are embracing anime films and they're embracing this culture and they're embracing this genre because there's really good stories. There's really good characters. There's really good animation. And it broadens your perspective. You know, it shows you different cultures. It shows you different approaches to themes and metaphors and all these other juicy things that you can hyper analyze. Because, you know, we could be on a superficial level, say, like, oh, Demon Slayer, it's fun because they fight demons. But then you, you go into the intricacies of, you know, the loss of family, the trying to, to gain the acceptance of your family trying to be the best representation of yourself which was Rengoku in a nutshell um trying to be the best demon slayer that you can be which was Tanjiro in a nutshell and seeing all these characters and seeing all these plot threads and seeing all these themes being explored it's it's great man it's great
0: Mm mm-hmm no 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 it's 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 completely great and i think we can do one day and sit down and make like an episode of like what is your top five like best animation films uh oh, yeah. anime films um but yeah it, it this movie is really great if you guys haven't watched it like we've mentioned a, a countless of times i think we repeated that a mi- million times but yeah. go watch it but if you haven't watched the anime first try the anime the anime is actually available mostly in all platforms is available in netflix if i'm not mistaken no no, no uh, it's just for vod right now
1: but the season one like the show yeah. is on netflix but the movie is only available in vod if you no no yeah i was checking. talking about oh, okay. i was talking
0: about the 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 anime okay, the the great. season yeah, yeah, yeah. one yes. so i it's available in netflix it's available in crunchyroll as well uh i think in funimation is available as well Uh, But due to the whole merger thing of Crunchyroll and Sony, uh, so they're probably making one platform, but we still haven't gotten news about that yet. Uh, But go see Season 1 is really good. And if you're not somebody that likes Japanese um, dialogue and don't like subtitles, the the dub is really good. I haven't seen it, but I have friends that have seen it in English, and they say that it's good, so... uh, go right ahead uh, heresy I would say.
1: heresy our podcast yeah, is literally called subtitles required people do not see the dubbing go see the sub please
0: i like the fact that our got my joke yes. yes oh yeah
1: man like go see it sub people yes. go see it sub
0: yes go see it sub um yeah, so guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed this first um, episode of subtitles required. Uh, it's it's it was a great. Uh, I could say it was uh, those um, popping ideas that when you have a a friend and you're like, hey, I want to do this with you. Like, what do you what do you think? And then the idea pops out, and this comes in. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that I I remember before we we say our goodbyes. I remember that I uh, when Orengo told me. The title of the name of the podcast. I was like, I have I have the idea of the logo already. I need <laughs> to go home and do it. <laughs> I remember that I it took me like an hour to finish it. And then I'm like, I look at the logo, I'm like, wow, this looks really good. <laughs> yeah, I like the logo. It's really good. And I, I'm like, and I, I send it to Rengo I was like, Well, if it doesn't have like that little black spot there, and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, th- that that's okay, that's fixable. but do you like it he's like yes and i'm like okay yeah Uh, yeah. amazing um but again guys uh you can hear this podcast in all of the audio formats so we right now are in nine platforms so you can go ahead and check it out uh the podcast always will be uh, once a month and we will be announcing the film that we will be talking about And if you guys have a film or an anime movie that you guys want us to talk about uh, on the post of the podcast of the episode, you can go ahead and comment below on my Facebook page. Uh, You can find me in all my social media as BigBoss117PR, and you can find this podcast in the BigBoss117 universe, um, tag name in your favorite podcast format. How about you, Orengo? Where can they find you? Um, Well, you can find me at the Movie Guy Podcast, where we discuss movie news and movie reviews
1: every Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can also find me in Cinemas Podcast, which is a podcast I do under that page, um, where we discuss generally artsy films, international films. And we do like a very deep, uh, deep, deep dive um, with some special guests. Um, Actually, next week. Well, depending on when this comes out, it might be next week, it might not. Um, But next week, I will be doing an Ari Aster uh, retrospective. Ari Aster is a filmmaker who has done two films, Hereditary and Midsommar. And I'm going to be analyzing these films with uh, Amanda Munoz, which she has a YouTube page called Confessions of a Horror Freak. She is a very cool horror expert. She's seen a bunch of horror films and her insight will be fascinating when discussing this these two horror films because, you know, the Hereditary, a lot of people love it, but Mitsumara always was kind of polarizing. So it'll be interesting having this debate and this discussion with her. Beyond that, you can also find me at Cardboard Cave with John and with our other two co-hosts where we discuss Magic the Gathering cards. And finally, you can find me at 15 in Richport, Uh, in the podcast scene nerds where we discuss whatever the hell the host uh, puts on our plates sometimes it's kind of interesting sometimes it's kind of weird but it's always a very fascinating film for us to analyze and that's kind of it guys
0: yeah guys so uh again uh there is uh I, i i did not mention my show under the movie guy podcast show that's up up left right uh it's something as well as um orangos but mine is of video game movie so i go ahead and sit down and talk about the goods the bads the worst and the horrible of the (laughs) video game movie so expect uh this I again i this is going to be live next next month uh next month but still uh (laughs) The next episodes will be um, Resident Evil films. We're going to touch the last three films. And um, we're going to be having a new segment that, again, it was thanks to Oscar from Chichando and um, Orengo called Story Mode. That is of me talking about video games that have a cinematic experience and how it's turning the video game industry to a more film-like gameplay style. Yes. But, guys, I will see you guys in the next one and, as well, Orengo. And uh, we still don't know how we're going to do and these podcasts, so we'll say our goodbyes. And, and like, um, you know, when we get, like, an idea, hey, we should do this as a gimmick, yeah. we'll find out.
1: <laughs> throughout so now, the we'll say good night or good, good morning night. or good evening. Okay, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.